From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, presented by Physical Athletics. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, as well as an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's the 5050 podcast presented by Physical Athletics, our proud partners, Physical Athletics, applying science to your game. Make sure you check them out on all social media platforms at Physical, which is at Physical Athletic. That's F Y Z I C A L, and that's singular athletic. You can also find them on their website at Physical Athletics. Dot com, as well as for those of you local in El Paso, you can visit them at 2270 Joe Battle Boulevard. So here, here we go. Episode 5. Going to go kind of shifting here, going in a different direction again uh, for episode 5, which where we're going to dive into recruiting. We had a, <clears throat> going to have a great interview here with uh, Jesse Tovar, the CEO and founder of Prep One. Uh had a pretty extensive interview with him, so we're going to dive right into it. Uh, it's, and he, we cover a lot of really good stuff. We're, we're uh, broke down stuff pretty raw, pretty real, pretty uh, pretty intense and pretty direct in terms of what student athletes as well as parents both need to know. Uh, and then uh, after our interview, we're going to dive into, we're going to review uh, last week's tournaments across the state um, on the UIL side as well as upcoming tournaments and then uh, many districts around the state getting ready to jump into district play as early as this week. So don't go anywhere. We'll have uh, Jesse Tovar, again, founder and CEO of Prep One, who's going to be joining us next. So don't go anywhere and just stick around after a word from these sponsors. Hi, I'm Armando Aguilar, Director of Strength and Conditioning at Physical Athletics. If you want to take your game to the next level, come to Physical Athletics. Our experienced staff of strength and conditioning coaches bases all of their training programs on a proven successful philosophy and years of research and scientific data. From middle school to the professional level, come see how we apply science to your game to help you improve your performance and reduce your risk of injury. To learn more, visit Physical Athletics online at physicalathletics.com. Check them out at Facebook and Instagram at Physical Athletics and visit them today, 20 270 Joe Battle. And welcome back to the 5050 podcast presented by Physical Athletics. Our proud partners, Physical Athletics. Make sure you look them up on social media at Physical. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. At, at Physical Athletic, as well as their website at physicalathletics.com. <clears throat> Joining me now on the Sun City hotline is very special guest, uh, full disclosure, special uh, good friend of mine, a uh, gentleman who I've befriended over the course of really going on two years now. Uh, he's doing tremendous things out here in West Texas, out here in El, uh, specifically not just started in El Paso, but he's really branching out across the state really taking ownership of uh, the college recruiting uh, the college recruiting game out here in West Texas. 
He is uh, Jesse Tovar from CEO and founder of Prep One. Mr. Tovar, how are you? Hey, good, Hector. Thanks for having me, man. I'm a little disappointed I didn't get no intro music, like wrestlers, no fireworks. <clears throat> no, that's for that's for the second. That's for oh, uh, okay. our, reoccur- our reoccurring guests when you come back second time. We always yeah. always keep them wanting more, you know. I got you. I got there you. you go. All right, so Jess, my man, tell me. So here we are, you know, ten months in. How are you? How's your family? And how's the organization of Prep One holding up? You know what? Uh, as with everybody, uh, we're all optimistic in this new year, but you know, just the last eight nine months has been very very trying times for everybody, uh, coaches, athletes, uh, you know, just families in, 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 as a whole. Uh, it, it's been. It's just been so the transition from, you know, our the way we lived our daily lives and the way we had to adapt and adjust and a lot of going into the unknown. What were we going to do with school? What were we going to do with sports? What, what was going to happen? We, it was just amazing uh, how you know the world just came together and we just, you know, we were all uh, experiences for the first time in in our lifetimes and and. Uh, you know, it's taken this toll on, on especially our youth. Uh, I right, see it right. as an educator, but um, for the most part, uh, yeah, it's it's been a very, very. I, I think now go, moving forward, and and hope hopefully we get past this really soon. Uh, I don't think there's uh, nothing that uh, we won't be able to accomplish as as mankind just progresses through this thing. Absolutely, that's uh, very well said. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you hit on it a little bit. Um, but I'll come back to it a little bit. So, so here you are, you know, prep one's going on two and a half years now, um, kind of dive into it a little bit and tell us, uh, kind of pre pandemic during pandemic, post pandemic, how's it going? Uh, and how has it really been navigating these last 10 months? Yeah. You know, this, uh, past uh, football season was just our third season. Uh, we, you know, we hit the ground running, you know, two years ago and, uh, the, the, the 2018 high school football season was when we launched uh, Prep One. Uh, I registered as a business in in the spring of 2018. So that fall of 2018 was the first coming out party for Prep One. All I had was, and I tell people are amazed when I tell them the story. Uh, it was just myself and a, and a iPhone Seven at the time. <laughs> right. You know, it was it was my, me and an iPhone Seven, uh, and I you know came up with the logo and and make it a long story. Uh, Long story short, uh, during my high, my my daughter's high school recruiting campaign, if you will, um, I was marketing her very very effectively. And uh, during that time, and I know people are, are probably tired of, of hearing the story, but <laughs> I always get how did prep one ever start? Well, during my daughter, she she graduated from high school uh, two years ago, and uh, during the time when when you know she was getting uh, recruited for soccer. Uh, prior to her ACL injury, that's a whole other story there. But I, we, we had a huge momentum going in uh, with her, the way I was marketing her, the way I was using social media to, you know, get attention from scouts and recruits and coaches and sending out emails. And um, I went ahead and uh, created profiles on her everywhere I could uh, that was was uh, that allowed a, a free profile. And then I, I wanted to kind of gauge to see as far as like which ones. I felt were beneficial or, or the ones we we're getting the biggest returns on. Uh, to my surprise, during the time I was marketing her and, and promoting my daughter, I was getting contacted by random parents. Uh, they, they'd seek me out through Facebook and 
they'd ask me, you know, Mr. Tovar, you know, can you apply or can you help me with my athlete? You know, some athletes were, you know, playing volleyball, softball, football, and I was like, you know, I, I'm just doing this for my kid. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I, at no by no by no means am I an expert in this field, and I'm not pretending to be. And and I'm just what I'm doing is is kind of working. And I learned a lot of cool tricks, so a lot of cool trends, uh, the know-how as far as what college coaches are seeking, how to break break down video. And uh, before the end of the day, uh, you know, she ended up having something like 36 college offers when it was all said and done uh, to all levels. And uh, right. just the experience and, and, and guiding her through that, through the process. And, and uh, you know, pretty much almost, I don't want to say forcing her, but obligating her in, into what she had to do and be committed to her own recruiting. And that's when it dawned on me, uh, one of one of these big um recruiting sites contacted me and the guy i still remember the conversation you know i was in i was in my in my vehicle and uh, we were having a conversation by phone and he told me he's like mr tovar please uh do me a favor and i'm going to tell you straight up uh off the record don't hire us and i was I, it was surprising to me like why don't they want my money how come they don't want me to, to, <laughs> right, right. you know to pay for their services and the guy told me, he's like, look, Mr. Tovar, if you pay for our services, you're going to be very disappointed because we'd be duplicating everything that you're already doing with your daughter. So we, we could just, you know, we, we could, uh, you know, help a little bit, tweak a little bit what you're doing. But for the most part, everything that you've already done is what we do on, you know, uh, at the beginning of, of a college athletes recruiting. And that's when it first dawned on me where it's like, I must be doing something right. And maybe I could pass this on and help other athletes as well. That's awesome. That's great stuff. And, you know, it's a good, what makes me proud, obviously you and I go back, like I said, over two years going on what two years now. So, but it makes me proud to see that, you know, you're raising your kids, right. You have your daughter in a, you know, uh, playing soccer, playing D one soccer now. So, uh, that's awesome. That's good to see. So question I have for you here is, so we talk about pre pandemic pre-pandemic, right? February. Yeah. So February, 2020 versus now January, 2021. I'm um, going to put you on the spot here. Tell, tell me for all of our listeners out here. So we have parents, we have student athletes, we have some student athletes that aren't, they're kind of a, Hey, I think I might really want this. I'm not sure. Um, but tell us what are probably the three biggest differences uh, between recruiting February, 2020 and now January, 2021. Well, the thing is that the recruiting game has changed significantly in the last eight, nine months. Now, before people hardly even knew about or heard about Zoom or Google Meets, they didn't know anything about video conferencing. <laughs> yeah. Everything was phone, everything was texting, everything was DMs or emails. So again, now uh, colleges are saving tons of money uh, having these coaches do in-home Zoom meetings or Google Meets meetings opposed to hang <laughs> into you know, a certain city and they're still doing it for those high profile athletes that, you know, these, these, uh, these uh, colleges are, are lobbying over these, these athletes. Right. But for the most part, uh, the, the game has changed. Uh, we, we still encourage our athletes to seek out these coaches through emails because a lot of, a lot of these coaches are antiquated. They're not, they're not very, you know, um, they've adapted just like us older folks, as far as what we have to do with technology, but 
they still open their emails. They they're they're able to seek these these players out with with DM. But now what we've seen is that <clears throat> Twitter game has changed significantly. Before it was you could pr predominantly just see it, you know, very active with football. Now you're seeing it with volleyball. Now you're seeing it with softball. Now you're seeing it with all different uh, colleges at, at every level. Before it would be very seldom where a D2, D3 school, uh, their their sport had a had a Twitter page. Before it was like that college had an athletics page where all the sports would feed into. Now these these colleges are actually establishing their own Twitter pages because that now they're seeing that these athletes are actually seeking them out through technology, through Twitter, through Zoom, through emails, and they're able to um, set up these video conferences. And And my experience in helping athletes now is like, I before I used to prepare them for the phone call, now I'm preparing them for the Zoom meeting. So that's a little bit of what's changed. You know, I, I tell them and we rehearsed a little bit as far as like, you know, what to say, what not to say. Let's hesitate, let's wait on this a little bit. Some athletes are very, very, they're, they're high energy, very, you know, they, they're overzealous. And I tell them, you know what, you just, let's see what, what the school offers first before you, before you, you go all in. Because uh, a lot of athletes make the mistake of comparing their recruiting journey with a teammate's journey. And Absolutely. That's their first mistake because Absolutely. You're, you're, you're talking about different test scores. You're talking about different uh, GPAs, different, uh, different monies, different scholarships. Uh, so, you know, what works for a, for a certain athlete may not work for another teammate, uh, what they're going to study, uh, the geographic location of the school. So now we're educating not only students, but the parents as far as this is, it's more bang for your buck. And you know, a lot of a lot of these athletes, they may have a 3.8, 3.9 GPA, 4.0 GPA, but they have a average, you know, the, the, their level of, of uh, the skill set and the sport that they play is a little bit as just average. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have a 4.0. It's got to be a combination of both things. It's got to be uh, not only are, are do you have to, um, you know, be an impact player to your team. And, and prepare not only uh, on the field and what you do off the field. And we're talking about, you know, what you do as a volunteer, the, the off-season training, uh, everything that you do in, in your personal life and how it adapts and how it translates to that college because these colleges want to talk to the athletes. And I tell athletes all the time, they don't want to talk to Mr. Tovar. They don't want to talk to Prep One. They want to talk to, to you because you're the one that's going to be living on campus. You're the one that's going to be attending the, the, that right. program. So we try to educate um, now that, you know, everything's very, very transparent now. Uh, uh, coaches get to actually see and talk to these athletes uh, on, a, on a daily basis because of these of these Zoom meetings. Uh, I had an athlete uh, just text me earlier today, uh, very excited because she had four Zoom meetings lined up in the next week. And I'm like, man, I, I remember when you were so nervous to take your first Zoom meeting and now you're a little pro at it. So yeah. It's amazing how that works, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like riding a bike. You know, we get them ready. We, we let them know. We, we encourage them. And, and they under, these coaches understand that it is like a job interview. And they understand that these young adults are 17, 18 years old. And they're going to be nervous when they talk to them. So they make them feel comfortable. But these coaches want to learn a little bit about themselves and what they're going to bring to the table. Uh, they don't want a problem child. They don't want a party animal. They want to make sure that this athlete is going to re represent their organization. And they're going to be committed to their program.
And now what we're we're seeing now, and we'll touch on it in a little bit, I believe, with a with a transfer portal, you have athletes transferring all over the place. So I tell, uh, especially the seniors now, you know, I had I have a couple of volleyball players and football players that I'm working with right now. It's their senior year. We're in January of their senior year. They still got about four four and a half months away to uh, decide uh, where they want to go if they get an offer. Uh, but I tell them, you just never know what's going on with a certain program. Uh, an athlete can enter the transfer portal. They could be dismissed from the program for discipline issues. Uh, there could be a situation where uh, it's a COVID-related issue where it impacts that family and that athlete has to leave that program to go back home and help the family. There's just so much going on right now. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe a, a pregnancy could surface in some of these athletes and and that could, that could uh, you know, open up another opportunity for these athletes. So I tell them, it's not just communicating with coaches, it's being at the right place at the right time. And a lot of what they have to do now, and I tell these athletes, you have to start on your recruiting about, you know, at the end of your freshman year at minimal. And, and you have to, that way you get all the boring stuff out of the way. And when I'm talking about the boring stuff, these relationships that you establish with coaches take time to develop. You're not going to develop these relationships overnight. Um, the coaches, you know, they want to know, get to know you, they see how you are, see how you progress. See, you know, they want to see your eating habits. So a lot of these athletes that they, they get those great scholarships is because they've had those, those relationships with these coaches for about you know, a year, over a year, not a couple of months. So you mean to tell me that I'm not going to get an, uh, I'm not going to immediately receive an offer for, because I sent one email or maybe I posted two things on social media. No, that's not how it works. No, no. And, and, <laughs> and that's the most frustrating part. When I talk to these athletes and I ask them, how many emails have you sent coaches? And they're like, Oh my God. Yes. I've, I must've sent about seven. And I'm like seven, like, like I could barely, you know, it's like holding up the number seven. I'm like, you're about 70 away from getting to where you want to get to. And here's the thing. Here's the tricky part. And I tell my athletes all the time. Sometimes I have athletes that email, let's say about 15, 20 emails and they get a reply right away. They get two, three replies. Some athletes, it takes them about 40 emails to get three or four replies. So you just never know. I had an athlete that was in his uh, 72nd email. 72nd email he called me he's like mr tovar i don't know if what i'm doing wrong i'm emailing all these schools i'm even changing it up i'm i'm, I'm adding a little bit of you know more links more information about myself and uh, once he i believe when he got up by the time he got to his 86th email so we're talking you know 12 14 emails later he had six offers so he had no offers from from email one to 72 and from 72 to 86, he got six offers. Yeah, so awesome. you just never know when, when you're going to get hot. And and, right. and and you know about this. That there's times where, you know, you're, the recruiting trail gets hot. There's coaches communicating with you. They're taking phone calls. You're getting emails. You're, there's a lot of activity in, in your inboxes. And then it stops. It stops for a couple of weeks. And then it starts up again. You just don't know what these – and I tell these athletes – Coaches are not just sitting by the computer waiting to recruit people. Sometimes these coaches, uh, you know, they, they have, aside from the regular job, they, they reply when they have time. Uh, I've talked to several uh, college coaches where they discovered players waiting for a flight. They were on a layover and they're looking through huddle accounts. They're looking through, through athletes' tweets. 
and the right athlete comes across their their timeline and they're able to get you know dm them and, and get their information and that's how right. they were they discovered they were discovered that's how my daughter was discovered the yeah. coach was following her for for two years and he didn't even message her he just followed her along and as she progressed in her sport and even through her injury because she suffered an acl her junior year uh you know she had to get surgery for that uh you know he still saw how she came back and how she was progressing and right when right when um it was during the the poor uh, the, the poor the onslaught of uh of offers that she was getting where he came in and and uh, initially offered i believe it was 75 percent, and then he ended up offering a full ride for a division one so that was really really neat how he discovered her on social media yeah yes yeah. no i believe it right and you know and you talk about so much about uh right place at the right time but a big part of that too is and you and i both know is is kind of instructing that student athlete to be you have to be ready for the right place at the right time right so much of that that opportunity it's just it's just you know just so it's by chance sometimes but yeah, yeah. no absolutely i believe that you know recently i've implemented the the, the hashtag i am a prep one athlete and i get so much i get so many messages and emails about from parents and athletes how can my my athlete become a prep one athlete well the meaning about being a prep one athlete is that you have to be committed to your own recruiting. If you are just trying to use it for clout or just to say that you're recruit, you're getting recruited, uh, I'll drop you. I'll remove myself from you. And I see, I'll see you at the store of the supermarket. I'll give you a high five. I'll give you a big hug or a, a distant high five. Now with a <laughs> yeah, cold yeah. Situation. But uh, it's nothing personal. I just want to work with kids that want to help themselves. You want kids that think that you have a special that you have that secret button that i'm going to push and there's going to be offers flying down from the ceiling and, and it doesn't happen that way realistically is that i tell these athletes and i condition these athletes and i it has to be a mindset that they're they have to buy into and they have to dedicate themselves and commit themselves to their own recruiting i tell i tell them all the time i can't want it more than you your coach can't want it more than you your parents can't want it more than you it's got to be about you and like you like you say i have always heard you say this uh it's got to be the right fit right it's got to be the right fit geographically economically uh what you you know academically you know everything all those variables have to come together and see what's the right fit for you as a student athlete uh some athletes get fixated uh, they tell me yeah mr tor i've sent 30 emails and uh and i see their email list and it's like the top 30 schools and you know division one and and i'm like you know what they're uh your class of 2021 and they're already working in their 2023 roster right. absolutely and, yeah and a lot of it's yeah. timing a lot of it is timing yeah yeah but i think the big part too is is establishing is making sure that that you know because there's just there's trained and there's untrained right there's ready and there's unready and to be able to be in the right place at the right time so much of it is, is just simply being ready uh so yeah absolutely um you know, you and I, you know, full disclosure for our listeners, you know, you and I, we've been working together for for a good while now and kind of really picked up, ironically, during the pandemic, right, during the summer with college, advi college advisory calls, different sessions that we've had. But, uh, you know, and a big thing, part of the big reason why I was really about working with you, working with Prep One was because, you know, I'm very passionate about this. But I think the big part, too, is when you when a student athlete and a parent, because it's it's a team, right? It's a team and it's a journey. Um, 
but the person that's guiding that ship is the student athlete. It's not the parent. It's not you. It's not me. And the very important, I think the very important part, what I'm passionate about is when a new student athlete and parent enters kind of that college recruiting world, because it is different. It can be tough. It can be overwhelming. Um, that we start to immediately work on identifying, defining what right fit means, right? Defining what right fit means for them. So yeah, absolutely. It's critical. Um, so I got one here for you. So if you could identify for, let's say we have student athletes and parents, right? That are listening on here, student athletes and parents. Um, if you could identify maybe one misconception when it involves the college recruiting process as, as it pertains in general, but specifically, maybe if you can dive into soccer, one big misconception that you often see on the parents' side and maybe one big misconception that you often see for a student athlete. You know, a lot of these athletes, they get invited to camps and they translate that as an offer or this college is interested in me. Well, I'm not going to say they are not, but they probably send that same email to a hundred other athletes and they want to evaluate you. They're going to invite you to their camps. And I do encourage these athletes, obviously, you know, there's on a non pandemic year, you're going to have camps every other weekend here in, in especially in the state of Texas and, and much more in California. Um, I, I tell them if you're, if you're going to be, if you play for a club and you're going to be going to a showcase, email all the coaches that are going to be in attendance. Uh, you know, c command an audience. But the biggest misconception, like you asked, is is that is that they think that if a coach reaches out and asks them to uh, to attend their camp, a lot of these colleges use that as fundraisers. And some colleges can very well be interested in that athlete and and several other athletes. But they want to give your athlete a chance to evaluate them. But that means that they want to see them at their camp to evaluate them. That doesn't mean that they're interested 100%. It doesn't mean that they're offering a lot of athletes tell me I'm getting recruited. Like, oh, really? Wow. That's great. You're, we're, we're a step ahead, but they've never talked to the coach. They've never, they, they've only been invited to a couple of camps and they, they, they feel that that's getting recruited and that's not the case at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's so big. So, um, as we dive in and you've hit on a lot of it already, so this is really great stuff. Um, as you look at it in general, and then maybe as it pertains to maybe here in El Paso, West Texas, and throughout the state of Texas, what are some, you know, trends? You know, you talk about trends as far as the recruiting game uh, and kind of where where is it headed? And just like, again, in general, but also maybe soccer as it pertains to soccer. Well, well kids are very, very well informed nowadays and, and parents. Uh, I like it when the parents are very involved. Uh, I, I do, um, sometimes these parents do put a lot of trust in their athlete and that's not that they shouldn't trust their kid but a lot of times if an athlete tells the the parent hey how, how are you doing how's it going with Mr. Tovar and oh it's going good and stuff like that I had a parent reach out to me not so long ago and like hey you know we haven't heard from you what's going on and I'm like what are you talking about oh yeah well you know we haven't heard from you in months so I I sent this parent you know a couple of screenshots from the athlete where I was contacting the athlete letting them know you know, what's the status? No reply. Uh, hey, I'm still waiting for your huddle. Hey, can you take a phone call? Hey, we got to start emailing coaches. There was no, not no activity, no reply, but there was always, you know, uh, you know, uploads by that athlete on social media, you know, selfies here and there. And they're like, okay, so we know that they're active, but they don't want to be active in their recruiting. 
So I had to tell the parent and, and, and I'm not trying to get the kid in, in trouble, but I'm being questioned as far as where have you been? And I'll tell the parents straight out of like, hey, you know, your, your, your kid's not being very active in their own recruiting. So uh, you, need to, you need to talk to them. But as far as trends, uh, you know, like we spoke about with technology now, uh, is it's just making sure that they have the right support system because not all athletes have the support system. But there's a lot of athletes that uh, I always have them send me a, a, an email sample. And some of these athletes write very well where I don't even have to change anything. So, but there is a lot of athletes that they don't know how to write. So that's very, very important. Uh, they, and they have, they're very shy. So we try to get them out of their shell and uh, teach them uh, how to communicate and how to write. That way they'll, the coaches will be able to uh, communicate with these athletes effectively. And these athletes will let them know. A lot of times these athletes, they're on the right track as far as what message they want to convey to the coach. They just don't know how to express themselves and we help them help them right out. right and right. covid again you know covid they, these these young athletes these young adults need to socialize and you know everyone's been at home you know in, in lockdowns and behind a screen for so long that uh yeah it, it just it just takes those social skills away sometimes yeah yeah that's a very good point that's a great point so uh one uh one final question we have here and jess is you know so for the college for college coaches that might be out there listening to this right <clears throat> you know oftentimes it's very uh it's very easy or easier to probably recruit the southern eastern half of the state if you will northern half of the state from you know you have dallas fort worth you have austin you have san antonio you have houston all within about four hours of each other right uh, but for the college coach that might be listening um the college soccer coach that might be listening um, what can you tell them a little bit about the the soccer talent that they and the style that they may they may be able to find from a recruit out here in West Texas, out here in El Paso, in the Borderland region, in the Panhandle, the Plains, you know, Lubbock, Amarillo. What can you tell them about that area in terms of intrigue, intriguing them a little bit more to understand that there's a whole other half of the state as well as well as the valley, right down the Rio Grande Valley, um, where there's I mean it's a hotbed of talent. Yeah, definitely. There, there's a lot of hidden gems out here in West Texas and the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, some of these athletes can play, man. And a lot of times, yeah, it, you know, like California, you know, all these big tournaments that, that these clubs go to California, people always say, like, California doesn't even have to leave the state of California because of all the talent that's out there. Well, there's a lot of talent here in Texas and West Texas. And we, we've, uh, we're changing the game in so many ways because uh, I believe it was last year, the year before last, there was seven Division One athletes from El Paso that were signed, and I'm not sure if there was any last year. But it seems like every year there's more and more soccer talent um, on both the, the girls and, and the boys and girls side that are finding homes at, at all levels, Division yeah. One, Division Two, II, Division Three. So, uh, what, what I do, you know, don't um, and and El Paso, West Texas did have a stigma for for several years uh, as far as like if if. The kid goes to college they're gonna get homesick and come back now you're seeing a lot of athletes that want to leave they want to leave the nest they want to explore life right, they right. what's there they want to they want to go to whether it's a small town or a big city they just want to leave the nest and and uh you know live their life uh studying and playing the sport that they love so uh, that's very exciting when when i hear athletes letting me know that no it doesn't have to be in texas i could i could play elsewhere and 
And there's a lot of talent here in El Paso that's getting opportunities that um, wasn't um, as obvious even five years ago. Every year it's like a, it's growing more and more and National Signing Day, there's a lot of media coverage and um, yeah, it, it seems like there's more and more athletes getting offered here in, in West Texas. Yeah, and you're a, you're a gigantic part of that. So it's awesome. Continuing to do great things. He's uh, Jesse Tolvar, CEO and founder of Prep One. Jess, I know you're going to stay with us uh, for our next segment, our counterattack segment. So our listeners don't go anywhere. And we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Sun City Prep Academy is currently accepting registration for its postgraduate and elite youth academy teams for the upcoming training season. For more information, visit our website, www.suncityprep.com. Unlock your potential. Compete at the highest level. Find your future at Sun City Prep Academy. And welcome back to the 5050 podcast presented by Physical Athletics, our proud partners, Physical Athletics. Make sure you check them out on social media. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Physical Athletic. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, Athletic. And you can also find them on their website at physicalathletics.com. We are with Mr. Jesse Tolvar, CEO and founder of Prep One. So we're going to dive right in for our next segment, Counterattack. Uh, we're going to test some soccer, some soccer IQ knowledge here as well. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So, so for those that may not know in terms of what you do as far as game day coverage, right? Whether it be, you know, football, soccer, basketball, whatever, you're kind of running around <clears throat> and you're covering, excuse me, you're covering games, right? Uh, whether it's just, whether it's, you know, live, live tweets, live action tweets, photos, scores. So for that, you kind of have your attending. I know you're routine, normally still routinely attending games. So do you have any pregame or postgame rituals? Yeah. You know, after the games, you, you gotta, you gotta get Whataburger. You gotta get some Whataburger. You gotta get your, you know, mindset before the game. It's, you know, you gotta go in there. You're going to, you're going to be shaking hands or fist bumping nowadays. <laughs> You know, people that you see, the athletes get excited when you're there. You're like, oh, wow, prep one's here. So that makes me happy. That makes me glad that, like, hey, we've achieved something. Before it was like, you know, now we, you know, my, my uh, DMs blow up uh, days before game day from athletes asking if I could go evaluate them, if I could go, you know, just watch them play. Some of the prep one athletes always want, very excited for me to attend their games. So uh, before the game, uh, you, gotta, you know, you got to go in there. Um, you have to have gum, you have to have your monster drink ready to go. And then you have to make sure that everything's charged. Everything's charged, ready to go. And then uh, once you're in there, you start getting hungry, you know, you're halftime and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You know, games, soccer gets cold. So you just want to either go get coffee or want to go eat somewhere. But after the game, you got to get, you got to go get some water burger. Hey, well, reward yourself. you know where my office is, you know my address, and you know what I drive. So I'll be, uh, I'm waiting on for some free Whataburger anytime, man. Anytime. All right. So, next question here for you. Um, if you were in a different world, what's a sport that you would, you would, you would have coached? Oh, wow. That's, that's a tough one. 
You know, I, uh, I've, I've coached football, I've coached youth football, and that was a lot of fun. But I, I don't know. You know what? I, I, uh, I wrestled when I was in high school. And to date, I'll, I'll tell all my athletes, that is the most exhausting sport <laughs> you could yeah. ever you, you take on. Because you use every, you use muscles that you never knew you had. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and uh, probably wrestling. Wrestling, I, I really, really enjoyed uh, doing that. But just teaching kids and how to grapple and how to arm lock and that, that would be a lot of fun. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I, I hear you on that one being a former boxer. Absolutely. I understand that. So a lot of people don't know this about you, but um, obviously you're an educator as well as the uh, CEO and founder as a, as a marketing strategist for prep one. But what they may not know about you is that you're also a retired deputy sheriff, right? So why I mentioned that is because in a whole other life, not a deputy sheriff, not not in the uh not as a marketing strategist what's another profession you would have done oh man you know being an educator just it's just a, a whole other realm uh i love being a cop uh but you know probably i don't know man i, I i'm always wanting to help people so I'm, I'm always you know what i i really get a kick out of those guys um climbing the poles whether it's a cable guy or uh, electrical guy I, I i always like man those guys those guys are awesome you know they, they have their hard hats they're climbing up those poles and something in that aspect you know maybe that that would have been something to to try out whether it was a you know installation or, or whatever i i really think that 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 i i would have probably uh done something like that nice that's awesome that's good that's different that's awesome i like that yeah. all right so next one so 10 months into the pandemic what's a favorite Netflix series or something that you've been able to binge watch uh, during this pandemic? Oh my God. You know what? I uh, just rewatched uh, game of Thrones uh, just because I was hoping for a different outcome. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I first saw it, nobody liked the way it ended and, and you just start watching and it, there was one episode on and, and I saw it and you, and you get, you get hooked on. But every time you see uh, uh, a series that you, uh, that you've seen before, you learn something new that you missed the first time you saw it. So you're like, oh, now it makes sense. Now you put two and two together. And now you know why certain things happen, why certain characters say certain phrases or why things, you know, especially with Game of Thrones, everyone's killing each other all the time. But, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I saw that already with, with the pandemic. I, I was going to start Breaking Bad again as well. And there you go. Scene, but I, I don't want to, you know what? I haven't started any new ones because I'm afraid to get hooked. I'm afraid to get hooked <laughs> yeah. and I, yeah. I'm so busy where I don't I don't want to like focus on something else before yeah. I, I have to do what I have to do with, with the recruiting stuff. Yeah, for me, the last week it's been actually it's the final season of uh, of The Sopranos. And I went back okay. to that, that final episode, yeah. kind of hoping for a yeah. different outcome. Right. But yeah. no such luck. No such luck. So, you know, all documentaries right. have been awesome big during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right. So here's one. So your favorite and least favorite soccer team pro pro college whatever can be can be us can be mls it can be foreign doesn't can be domestic foreign favorite and least favorite soccer team you know i don't think obviously you know the us you know uh the, the us women's national team there you go you, you cheer for those ladies all the time they the way they just get it done even when they lose uh they come back and they just stick it to their opponents and and they're the best team in the world. And, and, you know, I know they, you know, some get a little political here and there and, 
you know, over the, the, the course of the years, you hit, you see a lot of those players in the spotlight for the right and wrong reasons. And, and you see a lot of success stories. And, and I like it when they, they bring up the, the new, the new blood and then the new athletes that come up because they have great stories and great background, how they were discovered and, and being, being, you know, my, uh, a father of a daughter that, that played the sport, I, I believe, you know, yeah, the, I could say the, the women's national team is probably my favorite team to watch play. I, I, I never miss one of their games. Nice. Uh, or as least favorite, I can't say I have a least favorite, but uh, everyone always uh, talks about, you know, the biggest game of the year and and with with Messi and Ronaldo. I don't know, man. I I always like, I, I like the villain rule. So whoever... Whoever everybody wants to win, I'll pick the opposite team. Okay. All right. Okay, so now non non soccer. Favorite okay. favorite and least favorite. Any other sport, like who's what's the one favorite of all the sports, all the other sports, and the least favorite of all the other sports? You know what? Uh, football, obviously, you know, football. I'm a big football guy, uh, big Miami Hurricane fan growing up. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> you know, we, we've been down in the in the dump for a while, but, uh, you know, we're coming up. We're, we're, we're getting better. But, you know, growing up as an only child in the, in the 80s, uh, I remember every Saturday morning I'd wake up. Oh, yeah. Be, uh, Miami, for some reason, uh, ESPN always played Miami Hurricane games Sunday mornings at 5 a.m. Uh, reruns of course from the night before. right right and grew and watching those games and i just like the whole jimmy john and i actually and I, you see documentaries of all that stuff going on and people like wow oh, it would have been great to see well i actually followed that team when they were in their heyday so yeah. i just like the swagger i like that, the energy that, that that michael irvin's and everything that came with with the whole miami the the, the miami mystique I, I enjoyed it and and when they came back to the Sumble in 2010, I wrote a letter to, uh, back then it was um, the interim coach. Uh, they had just released their coach and they, they invited me over to their practice. They invited me over to their, you know, to meet the team. And I got a, a helmet autographed by the entire team. And they took me in as, a, as an official member of the Miami family. And that was a really, really special moment for me because that, that team, watching that team perform, kept me indoors on Saturday nights a lot yeah because I, I wouldn't go out and and uh I wouldn't go out to parties because I had to watch the Canes they were always playing on prime time yeah yeah watch them, uh, as a kid I watched them Sunday mornings and as a young teenager I watched them obviously on on prime time Saturday nights yeah yeah oh yeah the 80s is the heyday the Jimmy Johnson years yeah. for sure so yes sir all right so we're gonna test some soccer IQ here let's see so yeah. one of these athletes is not a soccer player Okay. Giovanni Reyna, Luka Modric, and Max Verstappen. Which one? Oh my God! They sound like wrestlers, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the last one, Max. Yeah, there you go. He's a Formula One guy. There you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Got one. So, one. I got one. <laughs> there you go. All right. Next one. So hidden talent, secret talent, hidden talent, whatever you want to call it, that maybe very few people know about you. Uh, wow. Being a former SWAT guy, uh, I could, you know, I could definitely uh, shoot with a rifle. Um, better with my rifle than with my handgun. Uh, but uh, there you go. People, yeah, that's probably one of the things. Yeah. Okay, sweet. All right, all right. So now here's a different one uh, that you can share, 
what's maybe a funniest or one of the funniest moments you've ever had kind of you're working with a PSA, you know, with a prospective student athlete and or parent, you're advising them. What's a, a funny moment that's occurred while working with a, a prospective student athlete and or parent? Ah, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever had that awkward moment. It's always been good moments. Good, you know, good. We, we laugh together. We cry together. We, we talk. I don't think there's ever been a, a moment where there's been an embarrassing moment where uh, I pass gas or I fart or, or I, I burp. Yeah, let's hope not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, luckily, that, that would probably be an embarrassing moment, but I haven't done that yet. Yet, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah emphasis yeah there you go yeah let's we're, we're hoping that's the case so all right yes. all right so final question here for you all right so post pandemic we'll say hopefully down you know a few months down the road hopefully uh your daughter's back in town all the family's coming back in town and you're you're cooking sunday dinner you're the chef what are you cooking oh steak man i, I could get down on the grill and, and cook some steak and uh they just i just tell everybody to bring what you want me to grill and i can i can grill it whether it's chicken steak ribs whatever uh you know uh i, I could definitely i'm i'm the i'm not very territorial like if you want to you want to go get down the grill with me I'll, I'll be more than happy to 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 move aside but you're gonna have to bring your own tools <laughs> all right all right good good deal awesome well hey this is uh this has been uh good jesse this has been great um, so last thing, last thoughts, uh, for student athletes, prospective student athletes, parents as well, that may be listening, coaches that may be listening, uh, they want, they want to know more information on, on prep one, uh, where can they, where can they find you? You know, it's, it's, it's that, that, uh, that old saying, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, uh, our Twitter, our, all of our social media pages have our flow pages link where, uh, student athletes can register and, uh, definitely it gives a it, it's a it's a registration sheet for our database and we'll eventually get back to you uh right now i mean just in, in the last couple of weeks because of the holiday i must have had like about 40 40 or more athletes sign up so we're right now uh, vetting and going through that list and contacting these athletes and seeing what they know about recruiting because they have to have some sort of knowledge as far as what they're getting into some of them um want to contact us because they want us to do it for them and once that they learn once they learn that they have to actually do all the work well, most of the work themselves we just guide advise and facilitate them uh, because we are not an agent that's very important that I, that I disclose that that uh, I am not an agent that's an NCAA and UIL violation we are marketing strategists recruiting analysts and uh, advisors uh, we'll guide you we'll go with you every step of the way uh, but we will not uh, do things for you that's awesome. That's great stuff. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything else? I know you just hit on a lot. Anything else you want to share with uh, people that may be listening across the state? No, just uh, continue masking up. You know, get, get you know, stay healthy. Uh, protect your loved ones. A lot of times, you know, we, we have that misconception. Well, I'm healthy. I'm young. Nothing could happen to me. It's not my age category that's suffering. But the thing is, you just don't know if you're a carrier and you're going to give it to someone that you really care about. Uh, someone elderly, someone that doesn't have, um, you know, uh, the, the the white blood cells in them to fight. So you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, so please just take care of yourselves and and let's let's get through this here and let's get uh, let's get back to the field and, you know, get back on the pitch and, and, and do our thing. 
well said, perfectly said. He's uh, Jesse Tovar, uh, CEO and founder of Prep One. He joins us via the Sun City Academy hotline. Jesse, thank you again for your time. Uh, thanks for everything. Appreciate it and keep doing what you're doing, my man. Coach, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, listeners, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsors. Sun City Prep Academy is currently accepting registration for its postgraduate and elite youth academy teams for the upcoming training season. For more information, visit our website, www.suncityprep.com. Unlock your potential. Compete at the highest level. Find your future at Sun City Prep Academy. And welcome back to the 50-50 podcast presented by Physical Athletics, our proud partners, Physical Athletics. Make sure you check them out. You can find them on all social media platforms at Physical Athletic, as well as their website. You can find more information at physicalathletics.com. So coming off a great interview with uh, Jesse Tovar, CEO and founder of uh, Prep One. Uh, it was a pretty lengthy, pretty lengthy interview. So on that first segment introduction, got very. Uh, we kind of dove right into uh, to the interview where we talked about a lot of great stuff and how kind of where where Prep One started, where they are, where they're headed, but also more importantly, where the recruiting game has kind of evolved over the last ten months during. Uh, uh, during the pandemic and kind of also where it's headed. So really great stuff. We're, uh, we're lucky and we're, uh, we're glad to have Mr. Tovar uh, to join us. So Jesse, thank you again for your time. So as we wrap up episode five here, uh, a couple of things that we kind of really wanted to look at really quick. Um, we, we wanted to take a look at last week's, um, we had tournaments that were going on across the state. Last week was the very last weekend, really Thursday through Saturday was the first um, first major tournament weekend that we saw across the state. This next, this upcoming weekend, um, the weekend of the 14th through the 16th of January, you will also see will be kind of the, will be the second big wave of tournaments before pretty much all districts will be jumping into district play uh, by the following week, by the week of uh, January 18th. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of, Couple of uh, a couple of tournaments from last week that we wanted to highlight. A couple of champions uh, that won from different tournaments across the state. Um, wanted to congratulate them and uh, just and also congratulate those schools for win- for hosting tournaments across the state, which is a which is a good thing. It's a great thing. Helps a lot of school helps a lot of schools get prepared for district play. So on the men's soccer side last week, uh, a couple of champions. We had the. Uh, the Terrell Tigers, who won the uh, Greenville Winter Tournament, the Denton Geyer, which won the North Texas uh, Elite Showcase Black Bracket, uh, Marcus, which won the uh, North Texas Elite Showcase Red Bracket, San Antonio Lee, which won the uh, Alamo Heights Bruce Fink Tournament, San Antonio Veterans Memorial, which won the uh, San Antonio ISD Tournament, Temple High School, which won the uh, Dripping Springs Tournament. And then uh, across uh, he- here locally in uh, in the El Paso area in the Borderland region, um, you pretty much have 
schools that are uh, they're limited to just mini tournaments here, which are essentially four four team tournaments. Uh, we had a couple of a uh, couple of schools uh, that were victorious and won their respective mini tournaments to include. Uh, Franklin High School, Del Valle, Bel Air, and Isleta. So congratulations to all those schools on uh, the men's soccer side. On the women's soccer side, a couple of schools we wanted to highlight, a couple of tournaments we wanted to highlight include uh, Little, Little Elm High School, which won the Garland High School Tournament. Bernie Champion, congrats to them. They won the uh, Harlandale ISD Tournament. And then the uh, Smithson Valley Rangers, which won, they won their own tournament, the, uh, the Ranger Classic. So, congrats to all of those programs, and as well as to the ISDs and the local high schools for hosting those tournaments as well, because there's a lot that goes into that. And I can only imagine in a year like this with COVID-19, a lot more protocols, a lot more restrictions makes it very tough. Um, some uh, some upcoming tournaments that we're going to have going into this weekend that we kind of wanted to highlight and wish wish all programs, wish all schools uh, the best of luck this week. So we have um, weekend number two of the uh, the Governor's Cup uh, going on uh, in, uh, in Georgetown, uh, hosted by Georgetown ISD. And then on the women's soccer side, we have, uh, we have a, a few that we wanted to highlight, including the, uh, the, elite, the uh, Governor's Cup Elite Weekend Showcase, also hosted by Georgetown ISD. Uh, my good friend, uh, Coach Minshew, Logan Minshew, hosting the uh, Fredericksburg Hill Country Winter Classic up and hosted by the Fredericksburg uh, ISD. Always a great tournament in the Hill Country. Uh, will be a smaller tournament this year, but should still be a very good tournament. Uh, dripping uh, The Dripping Springs, I was trying to get confirmation on this one, uh, but my understanding is the, uh, the women's soccer side of the house will be hosting the tournament this week. Uh, and then, as well as the uh, the some of the local ISDs here, the El Paso ISD, Isleta ISD, and Socorro ISD, which will all be holding respective mini tournaments. Again, kind of a four fourteen mini tournament at various locations across all three school districts here locally. So, best of luck to all of those programs. And of course, best of luck to we will have uh, there will be a decent amount of districts across the states um, on the UIL side that will start, uh, they, they jump right into district play on the account of how big their districts are. So they'll be entering district play this week. So we want to wish all of those schools entering district play the best of luck in their respective seasons, adhering to all the COVID protocols, but we wish them the absolute best as well. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of really, really what we wanted to highlight on the tail end of, uh, of this week's episode want to wish everybody the best of luck i know there's a couple there's a handful of uh, teams that will be playing just one <coughs> excuse me one final non-district game uh this week maybe two if they're lucky and uh, and that's it but we should have pretty much all uh, all schools jumping into to district play by next week by the week of january 18th so best of luck to everybody uh again uh remember to uh, we will be uh, as we, as we progress into uh, next week's episode, episode six, we're very excited. We're gonna ha- we'll have our first uh, college men's soccer coach uh, on, the, uh, on the program. And uh, it'll also be a, a non-division one, so we'll get to look at a different perspective, a different division, a different level. So we're very excited for that. And then uh, you might have noticed, you've seen that going around uh, on our, some of our posts. We had a specific post highlighting 
the growing the hashtag, the new hashtag that we're introducing across the state uh, by that goes by the TXHSSOC, short for Texas High School Soccer. Again, that's hashtag TXHSSOC for Texas High School Soccer. So in all your all your posts, scores, updates, graphics, please be sure to include that as we continue to grow that hashtag across the state. And again, also, don't forget, whether it's your pre, pre-game graphics, final scores, please tag us. You can tag us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, as well as on Instagram, you can find us at 50 underscore 50 podcast. Please be sure again to obviously download, listen, subscribe, and most of all rate. The rating is what helps us the best. It's what helps us get kind of more steam and pushes us to the front of the line in terms of more listeners. So we sincerely appreciate that. Uh, keep doing, keep doing your thing. We appreciate all the support, all the downloads. Where we've now been listened to in, believe it or not, seven different countries, uh, seven different countries around the world. So definitely excited about that. And as we look forward, help us grow and help us help get the word out again about our our new hashtag and as well as the 5050 podcast. So thank you again for your time. We look forward to episode six next week. And until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast presented by Physical Athletics. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod and at Coach H. Cano, as well as on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.